there, and welcome to the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. We love chatting with interesting people, people with stories to tell. In each episode, we will be sharing true stories told by real people. We hope you enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. With your host, Larissa Lima. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. In today's episode, we're speaking with a person that turned life adversities into opportunities, and his many stories will help you to learn how to maintain a positive mindset in even the most difficult situations. I know sometimes life is very hard, but we must keep trying. So let's see what Cousin Bot has to tell us about it. Hi, Cousin. How are you today? I'm so excited to have you here. Hello, Rissa. I'm doing well. And thank you so much for having me. Amazing, amazing podcast. So I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from a very small island in the Caribbean called St. Lucia. I always tell people, you know, if, if God had a place, a primary residence in this world, I think it would be in St. Lucia because it's very beautiful. We say it's simply beautiful. Oh my God. I actually Googled the place and it's stunning. I love it. And <laughs> I think if I was born there, I would never have left, to be honest. <laughs> I, I want to book my holidays now. <laughs> and where are you based at the moment? So right now I'm in Northern Kentucky. It's a city actually called Walton. So I actually just moved there two years ago. Prior to that, I spent five years in Illinois. So I've been in the Midwest for over seven years now. Very nice. So would you have a favorite childhood memory to tell us today? You know what? My favorite childhood memory would have to be around Christmas time when I was, when I was younger. So it would be, the day would start off with just waking up in the morning and the smell of amazing food. My oh. mom happens to be an amazing cook. So just getting up Christmas morning and before you get out of bed, you're smelling that stew pork or that ham or that you're sticking some of the food in the kitchen. And then after that, of course, you get to the Christmas tree to see what, you know, what gifts or what have you yeah. that, were, that were there for you. But more important than that for me, Larissa, is the fact that in the evening times, we would have what we call a house to house. So we go to different houses to celebrate Christmas. And then also folks come to our house. So oh, sometimes wow. it starts at home and a bunch of cousins would come over. So the adults are doing the adult things, have playing dominoes, having a good time, talking, eating and drinking. And for the youngsters, we would just be having fun, playing. And for me, it was just glad to be around my cousins, you know, friends and family. And we would just have a good time. I mean, that's uh-huh. the one day we would go to bed extremely late and just enjoy the company of others. Everybody's happy. Everybody's doing well. There's music playing. There's great food. So that's one of my favorite childhood memories. Oh, that's so nice. Lovely. Talking about memories, if you had to point out like the craziest thing that you've ever done in life, what would you say it was? The craziest thing I have ever done in life. I would probably say back in, I think it was 2008. So I decided to go on a hike with a, a few friends. And it's a hike to a location I've heard of before but I hadn't actually been there. It's a place called Louvette. So it's yeah. uh, one of the roughest beaches in, in, on, my, on my island. I mean, very rough. So we're going on this hike and then we get to this point and I see the tour guide 
looks so like on a small cliff and he takes his bag and he just tosses the bag off the cliff into the sand. And I'm like, oh my God, do we have to jump? Oh my <laughs> God. Out. Then he proceeds to climb down the cliff. And after he goes down, he starts guiding people. So I'm thinking his hike is just walking casually. <laughs> I then find out I had to you know, scroll and go down so I could get off this cliff and get to the other side of the beach. Then we ran into two guys with machetes. And they were like, what are you doing here? So we say, we're just hiking. And they're like, that's a very dangerous hike. We have this snake out there called a Ferdy Lance, one of the most poisonous snakes in the world. If that thing gets you, you will not make it to the hospital in time. You will die. And I'm just freaking out like, what have I done? Oh my God. Done? Long story short, we did get to finish the hike. We did get to make it out where we're trying to go. So that was a, a crazy experience and um, a fun that's one. funny. <laughs> And who had the idea of the hiking? You know what? It was like one of my best friends. I was <laughs> I was the best man at his Not wedding. sure if he's your friend. <laughs> yeah, now I'm trying to reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. I know you have an interesting story about how you ended up in America. Would you mind telling us a little bit about it? Absolutely. So it's back in 2008. And I'll set the stage for you, Larissa. So my best friend at the time, he had gone off to college. My girlfriend at the time had also gone off to college. So many of my people have, my close friends have gone off. And I'm sitting thinking, okay, it's time for me to go to school. And I get this opportunity to attend a college in North Louisiana, Grambling State. And they tell me it's a full scholarship. And I'm like, whoa. So I'm, I'm excited, like elated. So eventually, summer of 2008, I quit my job. I to say goodbye to family. And I'm ready for this new adventure. I'm on the plane flying to Louisiana already thinking, okay, I have this full scholarship. That means I'm going to have some decent money in my pocket and life is going to be good. I'll try to come home every break. And you know what? Life is going to be good. I'll be, if I get a small campus job, life will be really good. And that's amazing. That's so I got to Louisiana. And then within a couple of days, I'm hearing there's an issue with that scholarship. So and I'm like, an issue? And eventually they would tell me, listen, the scholarship criteria changed. You are no longer eligible for this scholarship. So I tell people, you know, I was pursuing this American dream. Again, free schooling, full scholarship. I'm pursuing this American dream, and I find myself not having anything near to that. I find myself having the American debts because I had to then go back <laughs> home and get loans to try to cover my schooling. So that was how I got to America, and it was a very bittersweet experience. <laughs> oh, my God. And how important your family was in that process because you had to go back home and you know, ask help for everybody. How was That's a that? very, very good question. And I, I would sit on two folds because just think about it this way. My dad was just so proud of me. And for, for men, for young men, especially young black men, you know, feeling that kind of sense of, you know, I'm proud of you from your dad is so important. And then to kind of feel it just get stripped away and then having to go back to him and say, hey, can you help me out? So that was definitely tough. Yeah. I think in that same vein, again, that's why it's great to have both parents. Then you have the mothers who tend to be more supportive and that, that emotional support so yeah. you know, eventually we all came together and said okay we'll figure it out we'll figure it out so when i got back home i went to get this loan and again here is my advice to any person who's thinking about using loans to finance your studies the bankers were willing to give just a bunch of money and they're like take it you know take what you need and i was no i think i only want this much i'll figure out the rest and the thing about those student loans that we say is they don't tell you much about the interest when you start paying those things yeah. back, oh my goodness, it, it is tough. But it was great. You know, I went home that Christmas break and I had a good time. 
And again, so my, my parents were really supportive. My girlfriend at the time was not my wife. She was also very supportive. So I think that the lesson here is, or the, the blessing in the lesson is to have a, a good support system because life will knock you down. Life will knock you down. If you have the right yes. people around you who got 100%. your back, that makes it easy for you to take it and keep moving. Oh, that's very good, Kazin. You're a lucky man. <laughs> If I ask you who are the three most influential people or group of people in your life, would you say that your family would be part of that list? That's a good one. The three most influential people, I think for me, it's, it's family is the first one, definitely the first one. The next group I would say is my support system. And that usually would change. When I was in high school, it was, again, my, my best friend at the time, my girlfriend at the time, who's not my wife, well, high school slash community college. And then the third group that many people might find surprising is actually what I like to call a professional support group. So that would be my uh, professors at college. I mean, they were, they were really influential to me. And even when I joined the corps, I, I made a transition from academia to the corporate world. And my mentors in the space were also, those who brought me in, were also extremely influential. So I would say those are the three groups that were really influential to me. And I'll give a bonus one for your listeners because that one is something anybody could do. That bonus round, Larissa, is actually what I call my virtual mentors. So I remember going through a really dark season several, over 10 years ago, and I ended up stumbling upon guys like Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, these speakers who had these videos online. Mm -hmm. And again, at the time, some of them weren't even around anymore. But I started listening to this material and it helped me overcome my current challenges. And as I would help other people, some of the same lessons I learned from them, I would pass those on. So I would say the bonus, the bonus group would be those, uh, those virtual speakers and motivational speakers. They really helped me to the point where now I'm even, I've even become a motivational speaker myself. And that's exciting. <laughs> That's very nice and so true. It's something that everybody can have yes. access and that is a lot of amazing <laughs> material out there. So thank you for the bonus. <laughs> so now after all those ups and downs in life, you became a motivational speaker and founder of the Academic Consultancy Agency to help students and leaders maximize their potential. Would you mind telling us a little bit about it? Would you like to pass on your legacy and never be forgotten? Download an easy guide on how to create a digital time capsule from this podcast's description and save your memories forever for future generations. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life. Absolutely. So let's take a, go back to Louisiana. After not getting the scholarship, being an international student, so if, again, I got my loans. And as you can imagine, I am angry. I am upset. He said, I am not a happy camper. And I'm just yeah. like, you know what? I'm getting this degree and I'm getting out of here. I'm dusting the boots off my feet. I just want to go. <laughs> That's my mindset. Yeah. So we, I get it done now. <laughs> I get back to Louisiana in January and I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'll sign this degree. I might as well finish it. So in the process, I start hearing from some of my, my peers at school about you know, things like internships, about little scholarships. And actually I found a scholarship, a book scholarship which paid for all my books for this, that spring semester, which was amazing because books are like sometimes $200 for one book. So yes. that was a blessing. Great. That was a blessing. Then I heard about internships, right? I started applying for internships and those things. I saw how much they paid and I'm like, whoa, okay, that's pretty good. I didn't take much on the loan money. So I have, yeah. I have a gap that I need to cover. So I'm, yeah. Larissa, I'm applying for everything I can, scholarships, jobs, everything. The problem is though, being an international student, There are many things I do not have access to, I can't do. I know. 
So it didn't hit me that, you know what? Even though I can do it, many of the other students who are from America, they could get it. So I start, again, that's my personality. I love helping people. I love solving problems. So even though I couldn't apply for some of them, my thought was, okay, this person can. So I would share information. I would share the world. And because I had to be searching for opportunities, I mean, I got pretty good at it. I had like a system down pack. I mean, I was that first summer, Larissa, I had more jobs than I could take. Like, it was crazy. I had so many job offers uh, within campus and whatnot. I could do them all to the point That's where <laughs> I started now recommending people to get in. I know this person, they want a job. And I would talk to the manager. Hey, I have this person I think would be good fit for this. Could you meet them? And and again, I became that person on campus. If you, if you want some more opportunities, talk to him. <laughs> so that, I eventually realized I had that skill. And I had to make a mindset shift. And that took some time. But eventually, I made the mindset shift. And I said to myself, you know what? I really thought this whole situation would be like a, like a tombstone. But actually, it became a stepping stone. And then years later, I would use those same skills to build the academic consulting agency because I realized many other students had the same problems. They couldn't find it. They didn't even know about internships. They didn't know about how to get jobs. They didn't know about how to get scholarships. So again, for me, it was a, it felt like it was just the worst thing ever. It was an obstacle. But I was able to take that obstacle into opportunities. And I have groups of many clients. As a matter of fact, my business partner with the academic consulting agency, when I met him, Larissa, he was working a couple hours a week, maybe making, I don't know, a hundred bucks a week, maybe if so much, yeah. maybe even less as a math tutor. And then someone said to me, you know what? I've seen you work with other students. I think we've tried to motivate this guy. It hasn't worked, but we think you could do it. They connected us, Larissa, in 2016. Within a couple of years, I had him back in school, finishing his first degree. Within another year, we had him applying for his master's program again. Oh, wow. We brought him into a fully funded master's, like they paid for everything and for a stipend and an internship. Then oh, wow. after he graduated, because again, we're working together more, more closely now. After he graduated, I worked with him on his applications for jobs and he got him a full-time job in technology. Again, we're talking about someone who was in living in poverty. Now is an uh-huh. information technology professional, a programmer. And it was just an amazing to see again him make that transition. But again, it's those it's those skills I had to learn the hard way. Now yeah. it's blessing somebody else. Oh, that's so nice. I just love the way that you took a very, very hard moment that you had in life into yes. something to help others. So you have a say that actually really <laughs> resonates yes. with it. The lemon one. Do you want to recite it us? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I tell people, and I, I gave this in my TEDx talk a couple of years ago. In America, they tell you of what you need to do with life's lemons. And it sounds nice. And I think for many years, I used to say it too. But at some point, when I reflected on my own journey, I realized, yeah, that's, that's not complete. And yeah. what, people, what, we do with, what we do with life's lemons, I tell people it could be your passport. Your passport taking you from tragedy to triumph, taking you from ordinary to extraordinary, taking you from being a victim to being a victor. So then the question became, okay, I get you. So what should I do with life's lemons? So I said, when life gives you lemons, don't just make lemonade. That's what average people do. When life gives you lemons, build a lemonade stand. Because when you make lemonade, just your family and those close to you benefit. When you make a lemonade stand, people you would have otherwise never known they come to you so you could serve them. If I didn't make a lemonade stand, I probably wouldn't have found my business partner because I would have only been checking for my family and my friends. Yeah. 
But when I make that lemonade stand, again, people are seeking me. People come to me and I get to make a difference. I get to make an impact. I don't just get to make a dollar. I get to make a difference. Ah, that's so inspiring, cousin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so after all those years, what would you say was the most important thing that you've learned in life? When I think about that question, I have to be honest with you. So many things just keep flashing I know. over. <laughs> hard to pick one thing. It is hard to pick one. So I'll definitely try my best to do that. So I think one that has really resonated for me is the fact that when we look at life, people will often tell you life is a marathon, not a sprint. Again, one of those other sayings. And I think I have to learn that if we look at it that way, it becomes a bit of a selfish thing. Because mm -hmm. a marathon is really the one-man show. It's about me. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought, okay, I don't think it's inaccurate, but I feel like it's incomplete. So what really should life be thought of? How should life be thought of? And I feel like if we thought of life as a really race, so it's about pressing on to pass on the baton. It's about doing well so I could help somebody else do well. I yeah. feel like if we change that up just and think of life that way, then we will not be going around just trying to be a go-getter, get everything for me, for me, for me. Instead, yeah. we focus on being a go-giver and giving uh -huh. back to society, giving back to others, pouring into others. And I think, I think that's one of the, the biggest lessons I've learned in life. It's not just about me. I can't do it alone, but it's about team. And if you break down the letters in team, T-E-A-M, together, everyone achieves more. I think uh, my, my mindset has just shifted, Larissa, is that I feel like it's about building teams. It's about building teams. I, I gave a talk some time ago, call it, you know, build the team to meet your dreams. Because mm -hmm. if your dreams are big enough, there is no way, no way you could accomplish it by yourself. So that would be one of my biggest learnings. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's very nice. Thank you, cousin, for your answer. It's beautiful. And just one final question before we wrap it up. Mm -hmm. As you know, the sponsor of this podcast is Clockbox, a digital time capsule to be shared with future generations. So let's say you have an opportunity to leave a time capsule to a loved one for when you leave this earth. What would they find in it? What do you put into your Clockbox, cousin? And thanks to Clockbox again for, for giving me this opportunity. It's really a pleasure to be here. I love the initiative. I think I think it's amazing. If I had to put something in my capsule, I think it would definitely have probably every talk that I've given. Because <laughs> I would want my, my my loved ones to you know have that after I'm gone. I'm, yeah. I'm currently working on a podcast I want to launch this uh, in this quarter. I would want all of those to be there as well. And I 100%. Think, I think the, the other thing I'd want is you know they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So I feel like if that's the case, video is probably worth thousands of stories. I think I just want to capture those stories, have those recordings. So what I've been doing lately, when I go home back to St. Lucia, aka where God lives, <laughs> when I go back and spend time with family, we tend to, I started recording more videos, you know, just capturing the moments because we don't know how long those are going to last. So I think if I would want those memories so that again, my child and other kids, if I have them, could you know really appreciate what I what I lived for, what I stood for, and yeah. have that sense of reference to say, okay, here's what here's how he would probably approach the situation based on what he said there. I think these are the things I would want to leave to my loved ones and family so they could feel empowered to change the world and to make a difference and to live on purpose. Because I feel ultimately that's what it's about. We're in this world for a short time in the grand scheme of things. What if we miss our assignments? 
I don't want my loved ones to miss their assignments. I, I clearly don't want to miss mine. So I think whatever I leave behind would be helping them make sure they capture their assignments and execute on it. Ah, oh, that's so nice. And you told me you're a new parent. Congratulations. Yes. Thank, you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> We can create new time capsule for the little one. Yes, and yes. And memories in there. Absolutely. My phone is like already filled up with, uh, <laughs> I know. with, with pictures. So yes, I think uh, the time capsule would help me get some more memories yeah. and things on here for her yeah that's so nice so thank you cousin thank you very much for sharing your story i really really like getting to know you a little bit better and sharing your story and they start such more podcasts thank you very much Larissa. it was a pleasure to be here and i wish you guys all the best in your journey you too thank you thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of stories for tomorrow if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.